Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, everyone, to the Gadget Types Podcast. This is Dustin. I'm here with Rob. It's been a few months since we have recorded a podcast. I've had some tech issues. Still having tech issues today, but, you know, that's that's what it is, what it is. But I do have Rob with me. Rob, how are you doing? It's been a while. Uh, let the people know where you're at. Chapel Hill, North Carolina, baby. Go Heels. I'm still not used to saying that. That's going to take okay. some time. <laughs> Uh, we are still at UVA sports podcast, but I am, uh, moved into Chapel Hill for my grad school program. So it's been fun. Love living in Charlottesville. I will say that my Charlottesville stand only lasted seven months, but that was, that was an awesome time. Uh, but now I'm here. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Amazing. Well, congrats to you. And, and I hope that you don't turn, uh, too far to the, to the heels instead of the who's you know it is tempting with all the good you know i think carolina blue's a it's a nice color but it's no orange and uh, uh yeah I, I know jordan brand is is also pulling you in for sure i mean they got a jordan brand shop in the bookstore i mean i don't know what uva yeah. has but it's not that it's not that no <laughs> we have nike nike's close it's close it's not that good anyway but uh happy for you i I have been, um, we have been trying to record, but my computer is dead. And also my basement was flooding, which is where the, my computer was and all the recording stuff. So everything's good now, but I just was unable to get it done earlier this year. So, you know, that's how it is. It's life and we are here right now. But before we get into today, I do want to talk about our sponsor from Sports Drink. Today's episode of Guys and Ties is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at SPRTS. D-R-N-K. It's spelled like sports drink just without the vowels. Always because that you close the door behind you. We're not trying to let out the funk. So go go check out Sports Drink. Uh they've been they've been helping us out with this pod for a few years now. So happy for them to see them continue to grow. And as we start talking about UBA sports, uh it's been a while, so a lot's happened. And Rob and I are gonna touch on a few things. We're gonna talk about some football stuff first. We're going to talk about some basketball stuff later. And we're going to start off with talking about position battles. So we are right in the middle of kind of right before the season starts, honestly. It's a few weeks away. And we still got some position battles going out, which we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a few different positions that still have battles going out. Uh, Rob, what position would you like to talk about first? What do you have in mind? Well, I think after last night, which was a media session with uh, Coach Elliott, I think running back is at the top of the list, um, specifically Mike Collins. Yes. 
I think that's perfect. So for those who don't know, Coach Elliott came on last night, talked to some media, said that Mike Collins does not have the inside track to be the starter. It is, in fact, Paris Jones at, at this time in camp. And Elliott even went as far to say that Collins was more talented, but wasn't doing what he needed to do to win the starting job. So with that in mind, Rob, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think Collins has to do to get that starting job back? And from what we've seen in the past, uh, what do you think? Do you think that he should have the starting job? Or do you think Paris Jones could could have it? Well, yeah, right now it's Paris Jones who has the job and, you know, former walk on. I think he's on scholarship now. Uh, but, yeah, that that's not really the outcome that we expected. And I think we all kind of expected Mike Collins to take control of the starting job. But it really hasn't been that way, uh, really even dating back to the spring. You know, before Ronnie Walker got hurt, uh, we were told that Ronnie Walker was the number one running back. And. Now, you know, more recently, we've been told, even with Ronnie Walker hurt, that Paris Jones is now the number one running back. So it seems to be a consistency thing for Mike Collins. You know, we're not there at practice. We're taking everything secondhand. But it seems like they're really challenging him uh, to earn that job. It's a little bit of that Bronco Mendenhall mindset, right? Earn not given. And I think, like you said, they've been up front that he's the most talented guy in the room. Um and you can see it with some of his film. I mean, his touchdown run against Miami last year was really, really impressive. Uh, but they want to see more of it, and they want to see more of it on a consistent basis. So I think that's the biggest hurdle he needs to overcome right now if he wants to win that job. And, you know, especially with the new coaching staff's emphasis on running the ball more and running it more consistently, I think that it's important to have – at least a couple of backs that they're comfortable with. Paris Jones kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. Yeah, he played a little bit last year, but wasn't a huge factor. So where, I, I don't know, do you know where he's coming from? Do you know what kind of runner he is? Yeah, so, I mean, he brings some speed to the table. He's got some good wiggle. Uh, for anyone who watched the spring game on the first play of the second half, he broke like a 75-yard touchdown run, which is really exciting. Uh, so I think he does have some ability, you know, Mike Collins played in the spring game. So did Ahmad Faustin uh, primarily in the first half and neither of them were able to break any long run. So they pretty much got stopped at the line of scrimmage. And I don't want to judge too much on the spring game because the offensive line uh, had a lot of missing parts during that game. Uh, but, you know, Pierce Jones showed ability. And like you said, you know, I think they're going to go to a by committee approach. And I think we all expected Mike Collins to be part of that. Um, still probably do, but we're just waiting for him to for waiting for him to emerge. Uh, and there's lots of other guys in that room. There's Ahmad Faustin, who I mentioned, the redshirt freshman. He's more of a bigger back, uh, as is Cody Brown, the transfer from Miami. Uh, freshman Xavier Brown is more of a speed guy. So there's people there that bring different elements. Um, but I think we're all just kind of waiting for Mike Collins to take that job and run away with it. Um, so far it hasn't happened yet. So it seems like this might be a battle that continues uh, throughout camp. With, uh, with Mike Collins, do you think that if he wins the starting job, he, he would be kind of more of a workhorse or do you think it's going to become more of a committee approach to the running back room? 
I mean, last year it was more committee, but they weren't used that much anyway. So it, in this upcoming year, do we think that'd be more committee or, you know, more of a one, one guy, one horse? I think Mike Collins has the ability and the talent to be kind of a one horse guy. You know, he can catch out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. He's got good bursts. So I think it depends on how he does. Um, you know, if he doesn't run away with that job, I could see them using a bike committee approach and using the strengths of the other guys uh, that are in that room. You know, Xavier Brown is a receiver. Cody Brown, Ahmad Fawson, maybe one of them in between the tackles. Ronnie Walker is a bit of a do-it-all guy. Um, I guess we'll see how he looks when he comes back from injury. Looking like late September is what's being reported. So I think it really depends on how Mike Collins progresses. I think he could run away with a job. He certainly has the talent to. Um, but if he doesn't, then I, I think we will see more by committee. Yeah, and, and that, that makes sense. And we'll, you know, of course, figure out a lot through the throughout the season. You know, with, with at Clemson, Elliott, I think, often just used one workhorse back, although a lot of times he had a, all ACC guy, you know, and guys like ETN and stuff. So yeah. it, it's, I think it's hard to judge what's going to happen in the next, uh, in the upcoming season. But with, with Elliot, I think that he's really emphasized running, which is something that over the course of this podcast, we've really wanted, we wanted Bronco <laughs> to do a little bit more of, but you know, you don't really need running when you've got a guy like Brennan. Uh, and I think, a lot of running, uh, I think a lot of, you know, what makes it successful is the offensive line, which is kind of what we want to talk about next is the offensive line battles. And of course, there's a lot of upcoming or not upcoming, but like new faces, not a lot of starting, not a lot of starts on this offensive line, which is the complete opposite of last year, where we were one of the more experienced lines in the country. So Rob, who are some guys to know on the offensive line and what what are the battles to look at going forward before the first game of the season? Yeah, you know, I think the battles are probably, uh, I think there's some at tackle, and I think the biggest one is probably at center right now. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I actually feel kind of, now don't, don't confuse okay with confident, but I feel like okay with, I think, who's most likely going to be the starters at this point. You know, my guess okay. right now would be from left to right, it would be Logan Taylor, Noah Josie, Ty Furnish, Derek Devine, and Jonathan Leach. Now, Logan Taylor and Jonathan Leach have both been injured for some uh, practices. I think they're pretty much shoo-ins to start, though, uh, assuming they're healthy. Uh, Noah Josie, I think, is close to a lock at guard, as is Derek Devine. He's the most senior guy in the room. So mm -hmm. the question really becomes at center. You have Ty Furnish, uh, who's a redshirt freshman. You also have Justice Johnson, who I believe is a redshirt sophomore. Um, but like you said, the biggest thing here is just so many new faces and so many young faces too. You know, if, if we're right here on what our prediction is for the starting offensive line right now, left tackle, left guard, and center are going to be redshirt freshmen. Uh, Derek mm -hmm. Devine has never started a game before. Uh, and Jonathan Leach is the only one with any real uh, experience there. And it's been pretty small. So, you know, I think we'll see how the center battle plays out. If Jets is Johnson can take that spot. 
Uh, we have John Paul Flores, who seems more like a swing guy at this point. He's the transfer uh, that they brought in on the offensive line. So I, I think, you know, they're just trying to see who the extra bodies are. You know, can Charlie Patterson play at tackle? Um, they're just trying to build out the depth of the room, which, you know, it, it is unfortunate, you know, how it all played out. It's, it's hard to fault any of the guys that transferred. But, yeah, it, it's a big change from last year. Well, like you said, we were so experienced. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing about the offensive line that you talked a lot about or that you mentioned was, you know, the experience and not just that, but playing together with other people on the offensive line too. the continuity of playing with the same people on the offensive line is super important for those for those kids because they they have to work as a unit. If you don't work together, if you're not sure what the guy next to you is doing, it's not going to go that well which is tough because we have one of the best quarterbacks and wide receiving groups in the whole country. If Brennan can't get Wicks and Thompson and Davis the ball, it's going to be a long season because he's going to be having to get rid of it really quick. So the offensive line getting together is super important. And QJ's done a great job over the past couple of seasons, but you know, this is a whole new monster of like getting these guys ready. So while they have experience in the program, some of them, they don't necessarily have experience playing together, which I think is a huge issue that is going to get solved, you know, as the season progresses, they're just going to have to get more comfortable with each other over the season. I mean, you almost feel bad for 2J too. Like to your point, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like he worked six years under Bronco and now he's got to kind of start all over again and like just completely rebuilding the offensive line. Um, I would say the good thing at least is that there is some talent, especially in that 2021 class. Uh, Logan Taylor and Noah Josie in particular recruits that at least I, along with a lot of other people were really excited about. Um, So I think he's got a bit more to work with here, but the continuity is a big part. Um, and you know, there really wasn't that continuity in the spring. A lot of guys were injured and sat out and now they're kind of playing with combinations a little bit. So it's going to take longer for them to get that continuity now as well. Now, the result of that is going to be, you know, it's probably going to take some time for that running game that we just talked about to get going. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's also going to hurt kind of the deep passing game potentially a little bit as well. Now, this is going to be a different offense. It's going to be based on quick reads. Um, it's going to be more horizontal than vertical. Uh, but, you know, Brennan's not going to have the time to sit back like he did last year. You know, he's not going to have the time to sit back and read four verticals. So it it's going to be more of a challenge for them to take those deep shots. They're probably going to have to be set up off a of play action. Um, so it is going to present from challenges to the offense, um, you know, rolling the pocket more. We'll, we'll see how they do that. Um, but yeah, it, it's probably, in my opinion, the biggest challenge this season is that offensive line play. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that, that's going to be one to watch over the course of the year. I just think it's going to be really, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the, who the starters are in day one, if, you know, all the injured guys are able to play or if they play the whole game and also who, who really steps up in some of those early ACC tests, you know? When we play, um, oh shoot, I've forgotten our first ACC game. It's uh, it's, it's Syracuse. It's at Syracuse. It's the Friday yeah. game at Syracuse. Yeah. So you know we've got Richmond at Illinois, ODU at home, and then we go at Syracuse on that short week. So 
it'll be, you know, we'll learn a lot real quick if we're, if we're up for the challenge and how this team is doing by, by that Friday game, which is really our first primetime game. We've got one on the Illinois games on ESPNU at four, which is, you know, better than usual. So the Friday game will be yeah. Friday game is at seven will be fun. So, so yeah, but well, I think we'll learn a lot before that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the, the Anai homecoming game. Yeah. Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. So that will be fun. And I will say, I'm glad you read out the schedule there just because, uh, you know, in fairness, this is probably the type of schedule you would want to start with when you're breaking in, you know, new coordinators, new position coaches, and now in this case, pretty much a brand new offensive line. So it gives you a chance mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, instead of hopping right into the ACC schedule or hopping into a big non-conference game, it gives this group a chance to grow and gel a little bit at the beginning of the season. So I, if we're going to look for a positive here, I, I think that's probably it. Yeah, and I, I don't think Illinois is any good. <laughs> they weren't last I year. Mean, yeah. I don't think they're any good. So hopefully that's a that's a a good chance to to go on the road and and see what this team is made of uh right yep. off the bat. Rob, are there any other position groups that you want to mention uh for position battles that you think are key to to this uh to this group? Yeah, just one more to mention that I'm following right now is inside linebacker. Um, okay. And it's not Nick Jackson, but it's the position beside Nick Jackson. I, I think for the most part, most of our formations are going to have pretty much two traditional linebackers. Um, so Nick Jackson will be one, and I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, but then the second one, I think there's a position battle that could happen there. So right now, Josh Ahern is the second linebacker. Uh, more of a downhill guy, uh, you know, Tony Elliott described him as a football player. So that that's exciting, I guess, if you're the last staff. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that job is secure by any means. That's a position that rotated a lot last year. Um, you know, guys that could be challenging there, primarily Hunter Stewart, uh, who's a guy I've mm-hmm. been high on for a long time. Um, Tony Elliott said, you know, he's realizing that, Stewart might not have the sideline to sideline speed, but he's great and physical in the box. Um, and then, you know, the other guy is James Jackson, who, you know, from Roanoke. So love that. Love my 540 guy. Uh, but it was mm-hmm. interesting yesterday. Apparently, James Jackson is battling a shoulder injury. Uh, but Tony Elliott said he feels like James Jackson has the most upside of anyone in that room. So he's a true sophomore, played last year. Uh, but that's exciting to see as well. And, you know, a wild card. He might not be an every down player, but Deshaun Perry has recently moved to inside linebacker. So he can be more of a pass rush guy in certain sub packages. So I think there's a lot of talent there. There's some versatility there, um, but I'm excited to see how that battle plays out. Yeah, I think, you know, and we've, we've had really good linebackers in the past. And I think that under, you know, especially the last couple of years of Bronco, we've had like, some good linebackers and then the outside ones have been less reliable. I think it's good to have Nick Jackson back as that really reliable center guy. I think trying to figure out who's going to be rushing the quarterback uh, or, you know, getting after the uh, 
getting downhill a bit more. I think that's really important too. So interesting to see how, how that will turn out as well. Yeah, no, certainly. And Nick Jackson looked awesome in the spring game. I mean, I think he's really going to benefit from this scheme change. Um, but we didn't get to see the other guys as much. You know, Josh Ahern played in the spring game. Uh, if I remember correctly, Hunter Stewart did not. Uh, you know, Deshaun Perry was playing the bandit position at the time, which is the edge rusher you alluded to. So he's in a new spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm just curious how that battle shakes out. So I feel like we've got a good feel for the defensive line rotation. Uh, a decent feel for the guys in the secondary. That's been pretty constant. Um, but I could definitely see some some change happening in the inside linebacker room. Um, and, and at minimum, probably some versatility, some guys that will be used in different sub-packages. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that – I think we'll be fine. You know, I think, our, of course, our offense, again, is going to be our strength this year. Um, we'll see how the – O-line turns out, but I think the defense is pretty solid, decent okay, I think. And I think I think they'll get better over the course of the year, but I think right now, you know, I think a lot of people are focused on the offense and, like, what they can bring to the table and if they can recreate that success that they had at the kind of beginning and middle of last season before Brennan's injury. Yeah, I- I totally agree with that. You know, there's so much talent on offense, but, you know, how is it all going to come together with the offensive line being really, as we talked about, you know, the the thing that could hold that unit back. Um, defensively, I think they're going to surprise some people. You know, I, I think there's more talent on this defense than we've seen the past few years. I, I really like the new scheme. I really enjoyed uh, watching it, and I think it's going to fit these guys really well. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and then, yeah, unless you have any other position battles, we can uh, talk about, I think we're each just going to give a guy beginning a camp that we're excited to see uh, to start the year. And I love Dustin's answer here. We, we, we each decided to choose one person who we were excited to see. And I chose someone who we've seen before, but didn't, haven't seen in a while. And that's Lavelle Davis. I think that, you know, with his return, our wide receivers are some of the best in the country. I think that he can add a lot to the offense. If if he can build on what he did in the first part of his freshman campaign, I think we'll be incredibly blessed to have that back, you know, with his catching ability, especially in the end zone and with his long, long downhill play. My my questioning comes from how will he fit into the wide receiver room that's kind of been established last year under Brennan when, when the passing offense became so prominent, you know, with Dontavian Wicks and Brennan's connection, especially with Keontae Thompson's uh, connection with Brennan as well. I think that Lavelle Davis adds a lot. Where, where does he go? Because I think Dontavian, does Dontavian Wicks become – less of a downhill threat because Lavelle Davis is there. Does Lavelle Davis take the like possession receiver role of going about 10 yards and just catching the ball? I think it'll be really interesting to see how they use those three weapons together because they can all do different things. And I think they can all, I think they're all great route runners too. Although we haven't seen Davis in a, in a hot stick. So I don't, I don't know how his route running is or if he's just tall, but I think that with the addition of him, 
I think he could really add to the wide receiver room. And I'm, I'm excited to see him back and, and see what he can do for this team. Yeah, and, you know, he's going to get a great opportunity. Um, it looks like he's running with the starters now, which is actually different from the spring um, because Malachi Fields was that other receiver. He was running mm-hmm. with the ones. Um, and, unfortunately for him, it seems like he has a foot injury. Not sure how long he's going to be out for. Uh, but as of now, it seems like the starting receivers are Lavelle Davis, uh, Dontavian Wicks, and Keaton Thompson. Um So he's going to have a great opportunity. Now, I don't want to forget Billy Kemp. Billy Kemp's going to have a role. Um, but mm-hmm. they're very different receivers, obviously. But I think Lavelle is going to be a great outside receiver. Uh, just looking at him, you know, it's been two years since we've seen him now on the field. And it's crazy, like, how much bigger he is, you know, like as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Now he's got like two years in a college weight program. So he looks the part, man, for sure. Um, seems like he's more confident in his knee. Uh, so I think he could have a big season. You know, I, I just think my hope with him is that he's going to be a more complete receiver this year, you know, being able to run those intermediate routes because his freshman year, he was great at it, but he was more of a deep ball guy. He was more of a jump ball type of guy. Um, mm-hmm. If he can develop into a more complete receiver, um, that's only going to help this offense. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he really kind of came out of nowhere a couple years ago and had a just, caught the injury bug a little bit, which is, you know, was really tough for him. I, I'm i excited to see him come back and I'm excited to see what he can do it and, and what he can add. I, you know, he's just such a tall, strong receiver, great hands. And I think that, I think he's going to add a lot to this and, and I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the guy I'll go with is on the other side of the ball um, that we've seen a bit before. That that would be Ben Smiley. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, mm-hmm. if there was one star at the spring game, it was, in my opinion, Ben Smiley. Uh, he looked really, really good. And he's a guy we've been waiting for to look really, really good for some time now. And he's battled injuries, health issues, uh, you name it. But I think this might actually be his year, which is really exciting to see. Um you know, in the spring, he was running with the defensive ends. It seems like now they've shifted him more inside. So whether or not he'll be kind of a starter on down one, play one, whatever you want to call it, I think is up in the air. Because uh, I think Jameer Carter and Aaron Famui are really excelling this summer as well. But Ben Smiley's going to have a big role. And if he's playing inside, he's going to be asked to be a pass rusher. Um, and that's exciting. And uh, Elliot compared him recently to Jonathan Allen. Um uh, that's a big comparison, but That's you know, pretty nice, I'm yeah. really excited to see, uh, you know, they've talked about him having the ability to get drafted and how much he's come on. And if he does half of what he did in the spring game, um, I think he's going to have a really big year. That's great. Yeah. I think that's a great, that's a great person to be excited for because he, you know, he's been someone that the program has had kind of stashed away for a long time. As you said, injuries, yeah, getting lost on the depth chart a little bit too, but you know he's a junior. He's a redshirt junior this season. Yep. Okay. Great. Yeah. So this year and then maybe next year if he doesn't leave, but I don't. I think it'd be unlikely that he that he leaves this year unless he has like a 
crazy awesome year in which case do your thing bro but yeah i think two more years of him on the offensive line is perfect and you know excited to see him pop out and and you know kind of do what he what we all knew he could do when he was recruited out of out of high school absolutely there's been so many things that have been out of his control as well um so you're you know <laughs> you always just you want to get to week one man um but I'm really excited yeah. for him. I, I think he's going to have a big impact in this defense, whether he's playing tackle, whether he's on the edge. Um, he's versatile, and they're going to use that versatility, which is going to be exciting to see. Yeah. Uh, Rob, one last football question. How did you feel about the shoes the team and the players wore to the the ACC Media Day? I love those. What do you think about those? I thought they were great. J-Huff's wife. Yeah, yeah, Miss Mrs. Huff. Yeah, I forget. No, that was, that was a really cool touch. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed seeing that. I thought it was great and, and made a made a big deal out of it. A lot, not a no other teams. I don't think did anything like that. So pretty cool to get to get someone a graduate uh, some some extra. What's it called? Uh, they they they're they're getting more exposure exposure yes yes okay. exposure and and some cool cool designs too so i want some so i might be reaching out to mrs huff to <laughs> see if i can get that. some shoes yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we'll see though um rob is it okay with you if we move on to basketball let's do it uh yeah it, it's Football season almost, but we've got some kind of interesting basketball developments as well. So yeah, there's, let's do it. There's always basketball news to talk about, but we uh, as a team have had a, they've been practicing over the summer. They just got their freshmen in, uh, Leon Bond, Ryan Dunn, Isaac McNeely, and Isaac Trout. So we got those four four-star freshmen who best class since the Kyle guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter, Jay Huff class, which I also think were four four stars. Although Jay Huff, I think Jay Huff was a four star. I think DeAndre was not. It all depends like, on recruiting service. Either way, they uh, highly anticipated class. They and they were highly ranked as well. Recruiting rankings are really weird. There's always it's not just about the how many stars you get; it's about how many recruits you get. So it's a lot of like how many, but also like how good are they? So that, yeah. that those four were really good. And these four are all very good as well. So we have one of the best recruiting classes in the country, including uh, transfer Ben Vanderplas from Ohio, uh, who we, we've all been introduced to and, and talked about. And uh, as many UVA fans will know from our loss to Ohio in the, uh, NCAA tournament in 2021. So that was so, but it's good to have him as well. So that the whole team from last year who stayed and those five newcomers are going to Italy starting in August. So they'll be there from August 10th through the 20th and they will be playing uh, four games uh during their trip to italy including one against a um actual like team uh from serbia so 
that'll be a good test for them. I think that these Italy, these trips, not just trips to Italy, but basketball teams are allowed to take foreign trips every four years. So if you're in the program, you get to go at least once during your time there if you stay for four years. So it's great for team bonding. You get extra practice time. You get extra game experience. And it's good to play against some people who are older than you and stronger than you sometimes. It just makes you play in different ways. A lot of times on these on these trips, they they do weird things too with like clock management and, and game speed and stuff. So uh, kind of similar to like those secret matches that you know we've had with Villanova over the past couple of years. But I don't know if they'll be releasing scores from this or not. Um, I know some schools have like have deals to that you can watch the exhibition games. I don't think that's going to be the case for. Virginia, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's a hot topic on the boards right now, man. People people want to watch Virginia basketball, but they make uh-huh. it difficult too. Yeah, yeah, I um, I uh, I, I think I would watch, but I don't know. It, it doesn't tell us a lot, really, because I think that the point of these trips is to not only get the newcomers kind of integrated, but it's also to build team bonding so like the most important part of the trip is going to be when they're like traveling and when they're hanging out in rome or when they're like doing other stuff in italy so i think it'll be great great experience for them and great experience for the young guys who you know some of them may have never been out of the country before which is pretty cool and it'll be great for the four freshmen and vanderplas to get integrated into the lineup as well i'm sure bennett will mix up the mix up the lineups you know we have five starters coming back from last year we're one of the most experienced teams in the country in that regard just from minutes a minutes played basis but we have four very talented freshmen who i think deserve some playing time probably or they they will show that they will and also you know it's just tough to crack a starting lineup that is all coming back so um rob what I'm curious, what do you think, do you think that this trip can help the freshmen or Vanderplas sneak into that starting lineup? Is there anyone who you think might be bumped off of that lineup to, and this is in November, this is three months away, but, you know, is there anything that Tony might see on this that he's like, oh, you know, we got to play, we got to play them a little bit more than I thought? Yeah, you know, it's going to be hard to really, I don't know, to really push it too much. I would say the two areas that, you know, maybe there's some wiggle room would be, like you said, with Vanderplas. You know, I think him and Jaden Garter play pretty much the same position. I, I think they're pretty true mm-hmm. fours. Uh, but, you know, if Gardner comes out, or excuse me, if uh, Vanderplas comes out and shows he can really shoot um, or can really stretch the floor, you know, maybe that is enough for Tony Bennett to give him the edge there. Um, I could see that. I, I think those two are each going to play kind of starter type minutes, though, once the season happens. Although I'm curious to see how that's broken up. Uh, the other thing would be, you know, can anyone break that two point guard look? I I'm pretty confident they're going to keep rolling with that. I know Tony Bennett loves Kihei and he loves Reese. Um, so my guess is that you know, game one, those two will be starting together. But the wild card is, you know, Isaac McNeely. You know, 
does Armand Franklin, maybe Franklin shows enough that he can play the two and that opens the door somewhere else. Um, you know, I think if anyone can show a shooting touch in that backcourt, maybe that'll push Tony Bennett to make the case to break up that two point guard look. Yeah. What do you think? Do you have any other ideas there? I, I think I agree with you 100%. I think that, you know, it's going to be tough. I would be shocked if that starting lineup is different on opening day. I would be shocked if there's anyone but Caden, Jaden, Armand, Kihei, and Reese in that starting five. I think that Ben Vanderplas and Jaden will play a lot. I think Ben Vanderplas is the first guy off the bench, to be honest. Um, it'll be interesting to see the role that Poppy gets, you know? Yeah, I think he had a good year last year, especially defensively. I think that, you know, we could go really small. I think we could play Vanderplas and Gardner at the same time. I think Gardner had a great defensive. I think he came on really good at the end last year defensively. Uh, can Vanderplas learn the defense quick enough to really get minutes early on? Can the freshman learn the defense early on to get enough minutes to play? You know, think back to that other recruiting class. Ty didn't have his first great game until that Villanova game where we lost uh, on the road on that DiVincenzo putback shot. Um, Kyle played a lot early on, but really got beat sometimes pretty bad. So, you know, I think it's just interesting how quickly some of these guys can pick it up. And of course, Kyle and Ty did a really good job of that. Can McNeely, can Trout, can Bond, can um, can Dunn pick it up. And I, I do expect some of them to, to redshirt at least one, maybe two of those guys to not play that much in this upcoming year, just to let them sit and develop a little bit. Yeah. And I agree with the point you made earlier that probably the, the biggest value of this trip is long-term guys getting to mm -hmm. bond with each other and the team just being together for such a unique experience. That's really where the value is here. But, you know, me being curious uh, and the fan that I am, man, I, I'd love to see what type of lineups Tony Bennett plays with on these trips and get a first glimpse to really see these freshmen uh, working together. Virginia sports releases like, one minute video clips of practice where all you see is a couple made shots. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to see a little bit more than that. So fingers crossed, you know, hopes aren't too high right now, but fingers crossed, maybe they'll release some highlights for us. We'll see. I don't, I don't quite remember um, what happened in our last, um, in the last ones, if they released anything. Um, our last trip was in, 2016 so pretty good year we were in spain that year but i don't really remember at all if they released any highlights or anything like that i mean we'll definitely see pictures from like the players socials and instagrams and stuff like that but i don't know how much the athletics department would do my guess is and this is ever since carla has become head of the athletics department They've been more out there with posting stuff and trying to get attention and trying to like keep up with with social media trends and stuff like that. Um, you know, you can look at the sneaker thing at the football media day as part of that. Just trying to do things uh, a little bit differently, a little bit more out there than um, 
than the previous administration. But, you know, they could definitely release some highlights. They they might even, you know, if we're lucky, we might see a full game. Uh, but same thing with the secret scrimmages. You know, we don't even see stats. We don't hear anything usually, just like whispers of what happened and, and some things that went, went on and just kind of overall feelings about it. So we might get some feelings, might not necessarily get a full stat sheet, which is what I really would like, but we're not going to get it. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you remember last year, the Georgetown scrimmage where they mm-hmm. released the photo that had the score and the stats on it. And then they quickly deleted the tweet and cropped it out. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we'll get lucky with something like that. May, uh, yeah. We'll see. Tony's pretty sharp. So, yeah. <laughs> although he doesn't do the socials, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I would like some snippets, but I would even more like some, like a highlight package to see, you know, what the, what these young guys can do and, and how they've really mixed with the, with the older guys. That's what I'm really curious about is how they play together. How do they play together? So I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, even if um, we only get like a 30 second highlight clip, you know, we can see who's playing with who and what guys look like. I don't know. Give us anything. We'll take it. Any, I'll take anything at this point. I'm desperate. Um, but yeah, with that, Rob, any last words, any last thoughts, anything we missed? No, great to chop it up with you, man. Excited for the Italy trip. I didn't realize that started tomorrow, actually. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm looking for any bit of info from fall camp I can get. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, exciting, exciting next month. And we'll get into football season, man, which is it's a beautiful time of year. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and get a few more pods out before the start of the football season, maybe with better audio. Who knows? Maybe I'll mess it up again. We'll see. And uh, Rob, always great to talk to you. Glad you're doing well. And uh, for those listening, welcome back. Thanks for listening to the Guys and Ties pod. It's been a while. I think, you know, I'm about to start teaching again soon. Rob's fully in school already. Our schedules are going to be pretty. We're going to figure out when it works and when it doesn't work. And I think we'll try and get some more out on a more regular basis now that my laptop works again. So I think it'll be good. So Rob, always good to talk to you and uh, make sure to follow us, everyone else on Twitter at guys and ties pod. Uh, Rob, I know has started again on his Snapchat journeys uh, uh, for that's on his private Snapchat, but you can always follow that. That's a joy. content. Yeah, for, for guys and ties photos content, check out the Snapchat, check out the Instagram at guys and ties pod. And uh, go ahead and follow us on iTunes or uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us there. And we'll see y'all next time. Go who's. Go who's. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.